following is a vintage broadcasting publication presented by Frank Goss. The following podcast is entitled Dewey's Dumbing Down of the American Children. This series is concentrated on the state of public education in the United States of America. The United States took over education in the 1800s in the state of Massachusetts. But before government took over education, and eventually the rest of the United States followed suit, the state of Massachusetts and the nation had a thriving educational system in place that produced the best educated population on the planet up until that time. Then Horace Mann came along and everything changed. Early American schooling was dominated by homeschooling along with a vibrant free market education ecosystem. Outside of education at home, which is where most children learn to read, the landscape of education featured mostly schools run and managed by churches and private entrepreneurs, as well as private tutors. Many of America's founding fathers, like the broader population, received the bulk of their basic education at home. Even poor children could receive a formal education, though provided largely by churches and philanthropists. The Quakers, for an example, ran schools that welcomed anyone, whether they could pay or not. Tax-funded K-12 government schools, especially as they exist today, would have been inconceivable to the American mind from the 1600s through the mid-1800s. Education without the Bible and God would not have been just inconceivable to these people, but outrageous, if not considered an oxymoron. And yet, long before the government seized control over education, Americans were incredibly well-educated. Literacy data and vast amounts of anecdotal evidence from that era show that literacy levels were significantly higher in the mid to late 1700s than they are today. And modern studies on the subject confirm that this indeed is a fact. Most children learn to read at home before ever stepping foot in a formal school. And they did it using simple, cheap primers that were vastly superior to almost anything offered in American curricula today. And when it comes to reading instruction, these were superior. Then everything changed. An ambitious lawyer turned politician turned educational reformer with almost no experience as an educator hustled onto the scene. He had grandiose ideas and a messianic delusion that would eventually see the complete restructuring of the entire educational system in the United States. His name, many recognize, Horace Mann. In the first article in this educational series, The Genesis of Public Schools, Collectivism and Failure, the almost unknown origins of the government school movement in America were exposed, and it all began with a now obscure communist named Robert Owen and his failed collectivist colony in Indiana, known as New Harmony. Owen's early 19th century writings on education inspired the King of Prussia to establish a national government educational system based on the statist ideals. Education of the state, by the state, for the state. Prussia's totalitarian system included mandatory schooling for all children, powerful police forces to deal with non-compliance, segregation of children by age, instilling of a statist mindset in all of the children, and more. It was the first system of its kind globally. 
but it would not be the last. The Owens-inspired Prussian system captured the imagination of Horace Mann and his wealthy associates. Those mostly Harvard-educated elites were increasingly abandoning the Orthodox Christianity that defined early America in favor of liberal, Unitarian, and secular ideas about man and nature. They had an obsession with reforming man and society into their own image. And to do this, they had to get rid of God and religion. As a politician in the state legislature, man worked hard to expand the size and scope of government across all fields. But by the mid-1830s, the educational reformer was ready to advance big government in the United States in an unprecedented manner. He wanted a total takeover of education by the state. With the governor friendly to their ideas in place, Mann and his wealthy backers launched their transformative educational plan in 1837. This included setting up a state board of education, which was the first in America. A board that would oversee education throughout the Commonwealth of Massachusetts. Horace Mann, of course, was chosen to serve as the board's first secretary. It was all supposed to be based on the Prussian model launched two decades earlier and heavily influenced by Robert Owens. According to Mann himself, one of the primary goals of the new education regime he was constructing in Massachusetts was to equalize the conditions of all men and eradicate poverty. Now I want you to take note of the use of the word equalize. It gives credence to the idea of equity that all men should have the same things available to them as their neighbor. Equity. Not equality of opportunity, but equalization in status and possession. So this was the idea that Horace Mann was starting with, and we need to keep that in mind as we continue our study. In essence, the same collectivist ideology espoused by Robert Owen and his disciples decades earlier and the same ideology that promotes and pushes modern-day education. The keystone of the system envisioned by Horace Mann was a network of government-run seminaries, or normal schools, that would train all Massachusetts teachers to teach what the state wanted to be taught. It didn't take long for the government-sponsored normal schools to begin indoctrinating future teachers with man's naturalistic views on religion, including the introduction of one crack phrenology book called The Constitution of Man. Now, even though Christianity and the Reformation had fueled the spread of education, Horace Mann, like Robert Owen before him, only more quietly rejected the Bible and Orthodox Christianity, putting him far outside of the mainstream of America in the 1800s. Under the guise of removing sectarian ideas, he worked arduously to destroy the Christian roots of education across the state of Massachusetts and beyond. Mann shared Owen's views on the nature of man. The prevailing Calvinist worldview in early America held that man was innately and totally depraved. And you have to understand depravity in the context of theology. It does not mean that man is incredibly wicked in everything that he does. It means that he has fallen and separated from God in a complete manner. Men like Robert Owen and Horace Mann, however, believed that people were not depraved. They were basically good, and that the right set of policies and education, the proper environment, would perfect mankind 
and move a great deal towards creating utopia. Horace Mann and his cohorts believe fervently in the power of big government to wisely guide mankind through an idyllic future. He regularly used lofty rhetoric about the benevolent, patronistic soul of the government that would become the all-too-familiar siren song of the 20th century's most ruthless totalitarians. The views of Horace Mann and Robert Owen ultimately prevailed over the traditional understanding of education that had refined and perfected the United States over the centuries. But while Mann predicted that government schools would ultimately render obsolete nine-tenths of the crime in the penal code, in reality, the proliferation of this educational method coincided with a downward spiral that would see crime and immorality explode to unprecedented heights. Horace Mann's attitude towards other people's children was absolutely bizarre, even by today's standards. In his 1867 lectures and annual report on education, Horace Mann claimed that those engaged in the sacred cause of education were entitled to look upon all parents as having given hostages to our cause. Shortly before his appointment as education secretary, he gushed at the mere thought of having the future minds of such multitudes fundamentally dependent upon him in some way. While Horace Mann is often described correctly as one of the founders of the public educational system in the United States, the full story is slightly more complex. Prior to Horace Mann, Massachusetts did have some governmental intervention in education, including some common schools with roots in the early 1700 Puritan Bible colony. That history is well documented. But regardless of what Mann might have told the conservative public at the time, what existed prior was completely different from what Horace Mann was introducing. The Commonwealth's first education laws, in fact, the first education laws in all of North America included the old Deluder Satan Act of the 1640s. The text of the legislation reveals a great deal about the mindset of the public during that time. The premise was this. One chief project of that old Deluder, Satan, is to keep men from the knowledge of the scriptures. With that in mind, lawmakers decided that towns needed to ensure everyone was capable of reading. So towns with more than a certain number of inhabitants were ordered to make sure children could read. The alternative being satanic deception rooted in ignorance of the Bible. The modern conception of separation of church and state was completely alien to the Puritan founders and other citizens of the United States at that time. The Puritan founders laid the foundation for what would eventually become the United States of America. For them, the state was a divine institution ordained by God, charged with carrying out God's commands, primarily punishing evil as defined by God. And that is why they felt it proper to use both church and state, two inseparable institutions that were inextricably linked in their mind. They had to use these two both to educate the children. But even in Massachusetts, one of just a handful of jurisdictions that had any government influence in education at all, the free market and Christianity still dominated the educational scene by the early to mid-1800s. Common schools were in steep decline as the overwhelmingly majority of parents chose to educate their children at home and in vastly superior private schools. At least 
that was the case until Horace Mann came along and created America's first ever state-controlled, bureaucratic, property tax-funded government school system. At the same time that was occurring, along with a militant secularization of education, Horace Mann and his cohorts waged a campaign to demonize the phenomenal private academies across the state. Also, he went after the parents who would send their children there in lieu of the state-run schools. Until Horace Mann, across America and the, and the broader Western world, education was regarded as a process of giving children intellectual tools and moral instruction. The primary end was to know God with developing intellectual abilities of children as a secondary purpose. After Horace Mann, though, there was a radical transformation. So-called progressive education, as it came to be known, was the new norm. Under his vision, schools were to serve as tools for reshaping human nature and society in order to achieve a heaven-on-earth ideal. One of the most far-reaching innovations to enter the schools under Horace Mann was the whole word method of teaching. He would teach reading as opposed to the use of phonics, he used the whole word method. Phonics had been the method used for thousands of years. However, his whole word method ended in total disaster. That story, which is crucial to understanding the modern illiteracy crisis, is going to be discussed in an upcoming article. After unleashing government education on the people of Massachusetts, Horace Mann went to Prussia to gain a deeper understanding of that regime's centralized indoctrinational system. And that's how it was referred. Upon his return to the United States, he beat back conservative attackers upset about his schemes. Then he traveled the country like an evangelist, shilling for government schools, successfully promoting the Prussian system in state after state after state. The utopians believed government schools would make Prussia and other jurisdictions that implemented them into paradises of enlightenment and tremendous social progress. The reality, whenever the government gets involved, the reality is usually unfortunate. It never is really that nice. In Prussia, the statist educational system culminated in the total transformation of Germany. Germany eventually became one of the most despotic horror shows in human history. You ever heard of Adolf Hitler? It was not working out well in America either, nor is it working out well today. Continue with us as we seek to understand why still Johnny can't read. This is Frank Doss with Vintage Broadcasting. We do appreciate your participation in listening to our broadcast. We hope that it benefits you in some way and that you'll continue listening in the days to come.